Hey there, my name is Leif Arneson, and you are listening to episode 3 of the Vegan Gym Podcast, where we teach vegans like you how to shred fat, build muscle, and supercharge your health. I'm here with my brother, my co-host, Anders. How's it going, man? What is going on, guys? I am fantastic. Thanks for asking, Leif. Uh, earlier today, I was reading the reviews on podcast one and two, so thank you, Stephanie, Chase, Patsy, Derek, and a handful of others. Uh, it's, it really means a lot for you to make these comments, and we really appreciate it, so thank you. Yeah, thank you guys so much. These reviews really help our podcast rankings, and they consequently allow us to reach an even bigger audience. Uh, we just want to spread our message, so if you like our content and have two minutes to leave a review, we'd really, really appreciate it. So with that being said, let's get into the show. Uh, today we're going to cover our three laws of building vegan muscle. Now these three laws are super simple, but they actually took me years to figure out. And the reason that it took me so long to figure out is that when I first got started in training, I prescribed to the um, the bodybuilding magazines and the uh, the bodybuilding.com style workouts, which were really focused on high rep, uh, low weight, kind of like circuit style pump workouts. And they really just left me feeling tired and bored, and I really wasn't getting anywhere in my muscle and strength building uh, journey. So uh, without further ado, let's get into law number one. So law number one of vegan muscle growth states that you must progressively overload your muscles with heavy compound exercises. So yeah, uh, like Leif was saying, the bodybuilding workouts on like all the bodybuilding pages are Majority of the exercises are accessory movements and uh, which are also known as isolation movements. Yes. And so that is not actually what you want to be focusing around. Uh, these compound exercises are exercises that use multiple joints and muscles at the same time. And the, the four most po- uh, popular and the most important are the uh, squat, deadlift, bench press and overhead press. And the, the overhead press, you might have heard that it's also called the military press and uh, the shoulder press. So, yeah, uh, what, what would you say, Leif? We, we typically work out six, six days a week. Yeah, five to six days a week, uh, usually six days a week unless we need an extra rest day because we killed ourselves in the gym too much. Um, but we usually do five to six days a week, and we lift for 50 to about 75 minutes uh, per workout. So it just kind of depends what day we're doing, uh, what additional accessory movements we decide to add in towards the end of our workout. What our energy levels are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How much sleep we got the night before. Exactly. <laughs> and we'll get into that in just a little bit. But um, so that's kind of how long we spend in the gym every day. But actually, the time spent training isn't really a great metric. Uh, so... Going off of that, Leif saying the time that isn't a great metric is because people go into the gym and just get on their phones in between sets and then lose track of time. So some people could be in the gym for two hours, but only work out for 30 minutes of those two hours. Right. So <laughs> yeah. that other hour and a half isn't beneficial to them, maybe on social media, but other than that... <laughs> yeah, how many guys uh, and girls, too, do you see just like sitting on a piece of equipment and just playing on their phone. People like, are 
people are zombies. I just <laughs> like, I don't understand. It seems like it. most people. It, everywhere you look, they're just staring at their phones. Or even worse, I hate how gyms have TVs on the walls now. Oh, that's ridiculous. And, well, I'm saying now like I'm old or something, but there have always been TVs. But it's just they get bigger and bigger, and then everyone's eyes are just honed in yeah. to this glowing <laughs> tell, screen Tell them on the about wall. the guy yesterday that we saw <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, guys. We saw this guy. We, we're working out. So we have the mirror in front of us, and then there's a giant, probably 72-inch TV above that. <laughs> and the TV was off, and it was the perfect working out environment. So we didn't have anything that caught our eyes, and we could f- focus on our workout. And then there's this guy that comes along. He didn't even start any exercise yet. He walks in from outside, walks straight to the remote on the TV, turns the TV on, and starts flipping through channels for a good five to ten minutes to find what he wanted to watch. Yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. And, yeah, that was pretty much his whole workout. (laughs) So, for guys like that, the time spent in the gym isn't a very good metric of what you're going to get out of the gym. So instead of using time spent, uh, the better metric is volume. Uh, so volume is defined as the number of total reps that you perform, and uh, it's really the main determining factor in your muscle and strength gains. Um, so that uh, the number of reps that you do in a given week is uh, typically uh, how you talk about volume. And the optimal volume appears to be in the range of 60 to 180 reps per major muscle group per week. Now, since that that repetition range is so wide, you're like, why is it 60 to 180? It's because everyone has different fitness goals and everyone has, uh, say, we, we are strength trainers. So we like doing the heavy compound movements and we want to get as strong as possible, whereas there's uh athletes like marathoners and endurance uh, athletes endurance athletes yeah that do the lighter weight still do the heavy uh they sorry they still do the compound lifts but it's lighter weight for a lot more reps so it's just training the muscles so to to last longer yeah so our number one fitness goal right now is to gain as much muscle and strength as possible but uh, a few years ago, I used to, well, many years ago, I was involved in endurance activities. I ran cross country throughout high school. And I also, uh, even after high school, I uh, did a few marathons and I did um, did an Ironman triathlon. So I, pers- I kind of focused on those same circuit style workouts. And that was uh, the high rep and low weight style workouts. And that's what's best for endurance athletes. But if your main goal is to build as much muscle and strength as possible, you want to be at the lower end of that range. Yeah, so we, so Leif and I, uh, we typically go between the 60 to 70 total reps per week, that range, uh, just because we're going for strength. And we do this uh, with a... uh, three-day split, which includes, like, you want to touch on Yeah, that? so the three-day split means that we're just, um, we're doing basically all of our workouts, uh, all, we train all of our muscles in a span of three days. So 
Um, on the first day, day one, we're doing chest, shoulders, triceps. On day two, we're doing back and biceps. And day three, we're doing legs, which is usually something like squats or leg presses or, um, or uh, lunges, something like that. So um, a few notes uh, that we should make here. Uh, one is that we're on this three-day split, which means that we're doing uh, the three days and then we're doing another three days. And that's typically our six days of working out per week. And that's why we work out. We try to work out six days per week. So that total 60 reps that we're doing for each major muscle group per week uh, means that we're doing that, um, we're actually dividing that in two, and we're doing the first 30 reps during our first three-day split of the week, and we're doing our second 30 reps during the second three-day split during that week. So, so it, it pretty much comes down to six sets of five each, each uh, day we have a different lift. Yeah. So it's it's nothing absurd like it sounds when we were first talking about it, 60 to 70 reps. Like, um, yeah, it's broken up into two days, and it's it's just six working sets. Uh, uh, that might be a little bit more than most people, but uh, we all have different goals in mind, I guess. Yeah, and we, <laughs> we, tra- we change up our workouts uh, every few months. So this three-day split – it, we've only been doing it for what about two months? Uh, I would. I've been doing it longer. You have. Yeah. You, you kind of jumped. on I kind of adopted train. it, yeah. but I've I've done uh, other like training styles where I don't break it up into three day splits. But anyways, the most important thing to keep in mind if you're trying to build muscle is to aim for that sixty reps per major muscle group per week, um, and that can be break broken up into. Uh, one or two workouts per um, per week, depending on what your specific training split is. And to benefit the most from those 60 reps is to ensure that you do those compound lifts first in your workout. Oh, yeah, that's a really and good point. not last. <laughs> so uh, the compound exercises like the squat, deadlift, bench press, and overhead press – those are the most difficult exercises to perform. Uh, they're much more difficult than isolation exercises, which means they require the most uh, focus and the most energy. So you really need to do those first in your workouts. I, I could not imagine going from isolation exercises no. <laughs> to the end of our workout and say, oh, we're almost done, but oh, we have to do squats first. Yeah. <laughs> Or you just do like 30 minutes of bicep curls and then oh you're like, goodness. oh, time for deadlifts. Yeah, I could not imagine. <laughs> that would be so painful. Yeah. Yeah, Talk you'd end up unmotivated. You'd end up being that guy just flipping through the channels. Yeah, I'd rather be him to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think that pretty much uh, covers law number one. Uh, so let's move into law number two, which is all about diet. So law number two of vegan muscle growth states that you must maintain a caloric surplus and eat plenty of high-quality vegan protein for muscle protein synthesis to occur. So a caloric surplus, that's eating more uh, than you usually do. So there's two ways that you could do this. Maybe not necessarily more than you usually do, but more than you burn. (laughs) Yes. Some people already eat more than they they burn. (laughs) That's a very good point. Thank you. (laughs) But yes, there are two ways of doing this. One, you can do the lean bulk, 
or two, you can do the dirty bulk. So one probably sounds a lot more appetizing than the other. Well, but, let's let's explain what the dirty bulk and lean bulk is. Okay, I'll I'll get uh, dirty bulk, and you can say lean bulk. All right, good the the dirty bulk is you walking in the kitchen, you grabbing some donuts and ha- downing a protein shake with that. So that's eating as many calories as possible, and all the food in your house. <laughs> Just keep on eating to gain. Uh, essentially, you're gaining weight and with the fat that you're gaining hopefully that you maximize muscle gain as well yeah so you have the same goal as we do like you're trying to build as much muscle as possible but you don't care if you get uh if you gain 20 pounds of fat in the process or yeah you're more you're you're looking to go to the beach in two years not this year (laughs) yeah so uh the difference is that you want to stay as lean uh, as possible while building muscle. And the best way to do that is by maintaining a slight caloric surplus of around 5 to 10%. So that means that if your body burns 2,500 calories per day, you want to eat about 5 to 10% more calories than that. So the total number of calories that you burn every day is known as your total daily energy expenditure. And your total daily energy expenditure actually breaks up into two primary groups. You have your metabolism, which is also known as your basal metabolic rate, or BMR. And then you have your activity burn, which is all the calories that you burn in a given day based on the activity that you do. Whether you're going for a walk around the neighborhood or you're going to the gym, uh, you add up the activity burn and the BMR, or your metabolism, which is basically all the calories that you burn at rest, you add those together and that's the total number of calories that you burn in a day. So your goal should be to eat about 5 to 10% more calories than that. So if your body burns 2,500 calories per day, you should shoot for somewhere between 2,625 calories and 2,750 calories. And if this sounds confusing just listening to it, on our website, thevegangym.com, we have a whole article that explains how to calculate that step-by-step. And we also have a macro calculator that's so easy to use. It takes 5 to 10 minutes, and it it is spot on. So. Yeah, so you can just download that right on the article page, um, and that will help you out. But there are also tons of online uh, macro calculators and calorie counters that you can use. Um and I, I did the math on uh, the 2,500 calories per day, which is why you come out with a 2625 and a 2750 numbers. But you really don't have to be that exact uh, when you're lean bulking. So let's say if you're uh, burning 2,500 calories per day, then you should aim to eat somewhere between 2,600 calories per day and 2,800 calories per day. So you don't need to be that precise. Uh, that's just how the math works out for this, this example. Um, but you don't even need to do the math if you just use an online calculator or use a calculator on our website. Um, so why do you need a caloric surplus? Uh, we get asked this a lot and, uh, there are a few reasons. Uh, for one, a caloric surplus improves your body's ability to synthesize muscle protein. Uh, for two, a caloric surplus increases your anabolic hormone levels And for three, a caloric surplus increases or improves your workout performance. 
and your workout performance is really what dictates how much strength and muscle you can build. So if you go into the gym uh, on a caloric surplus and you have uh, maybe a pre-workout with some carbs, um, you're going to do better in your workout than if you don't have that. So that means that you can lift, uh, hopefully you can lift more weight um, and you can uh, have a greater endurance throughout your workout, which means uh, all of your sets are going to be better than they would if you weren't on a caloric surplus. So yeah, so it comes down to you just have you have a lot more energy, and you're yeah you're, exactly. So so a caloric surplus is better for uh, quite a few reasons. Uh, we explained the dirty versus lean bulk. Um, so if you want to lean bulk, stick to that five to ten percent. Uh, and from firsthand, you don't want to do a dirty bulk. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, you, you, well, you, you? <laughs> you feel very uncomfortable. I, I did this for, man, I, the four, four years I would, I was dirty bulking in the, <laughs> in the Marine Corps. The, and yeah, did you do a single cut while you were in the Marines? No, I didn't know what a cut was when I was in the military. Yeah. So <laughs> I heard the concept. I was like, man, that's stupid. Why would someone do that? I'm just trying to get as big as possible. When, and when I thought I was gaining, I just got to a point where I was just gaining copious amounts of fat and I just thought it was muscle. And so yeah, I, it, I just felt super so, unhealthy. I felt lethargic and it was, I didn't realize this until I came home and I actually started having like clean foods that I was like, oh, wow. There so what is. was your body weight at, at its peak? So I went into the Marine Corps. This was 2012. I went into the Marine Corps at 125, 130 pounds. <laughs> Four years later, I get out. I am 194 pounds. Yeah. At a little under 510, which is pretty hefty for that for my yeah. height. So. <laughs> and what are you now? Uh, I. I'm right, sitting right about uh, 164 at the moment. Uh, and you're just starting to begin your next cut. Yeah, I'm starting to begin my next cut. cut. I'm just eating more. I'm focusing a lot more around fruits and vegetables, and I eliminated uh, grain just to see how my body re would react to that. And I just by doing that, I dropped a few pounds. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to be starting my cut in about a week or two now prepping for my next competition. So pretty stoked. Yeah. So we've discussed uh, the caloric surplus and why that's important. Uh, but beyond just calories, if you're working to build muscle, uh, you also need protein. So you want to discuss that a little bit? Uh, yeah. So when when you're clean bulking – clean bulking. Well, it's also, it uh, yeah, can also be called, called clean yeah. bulking. So clean or lean bulking. Lean, clean, lean, bulking, whatever. Uh, you want to shoot for about 0.9 grams per pound of body weight. and 0.9 grams of protein per pound of body weight. Yes, thank you. Uh, that probably sounds like quite a bit to most of you. Um, but, uh, yeah, Leif, you want, do you want to explain, like, why that is and why uh, we have a, a higher amount that we shoot for? Well... Scientific and anecdotal evidence has proven time and time again that you need a high-protein diet to build 
uh, as much muscle and strength as possible. And um, the 0.9 grams uh, per pound of, of protein per pound of body weight is based on numerous scientific studies that have analyzed uh, athletes, bodybuilders, and other people who are trying to maximize their muscle and strength building potential. And we want to do the same thing. So we, uh, we'd rather be on the safe side and consume maybe a little bit more protein than we actually need than risk any of our hard-earned muscle and strength gains by consuming less protein. So this is maybe a little bit towards the higher end, but I would, if you're just getting started or if you're having trouble building muscle and you're uh, eating less protein than that, I would try to stick with 0.9 grams per pound of body weight and see how that goes uh, at least for a short period of time. And then you can uh, make adjustments uh, based on your personal uh, physique and your fitness goals. Yeah. I'll, since that seems a little high, the way we view it is we put all our all this effort and time into going to the gym and trying to gain uh, – muscle and strength and if we take too little protein that's just crippling our quote-unquote gains and uh that's not something that we want to mess up so yeah we rather be over the amount that we need uh than under so yeah as the saying goes we'd rather be safe than sorry exactly so it's it really that simple uh if you don't want to eat that much protein then uh, do whatever works for you, but that's what we do. That's what we recommend to our clients and, uh, really anyone else who's trying to build as much muscle and strength as possible. So, uh, with that, we've covered the caloric surplus. We've covered, uh, our target for, uh, grams of protein. Uh, so let's move into law number three of vegan muscle growth, which states that you must rest enough to allow your body time to fully repair itself. So, yes, everyone knows this. Not many people apply it, but you need adequate amounts of rest in order to maximize your strength and muscle gains. Uh, and it's, it's a lot more than just working out in the gym and putting the work there. It's more uh, you make the gains afterwards. So pretty much you're, you're making uh, – tears into your muscles which are called micro tears and you're uh afterwards when you're doing uh have all the rest that's when all the building occurs yeah so contrary to popular belief you don't actually build muscle in the gym you actually build muscle outside of the gym and like Anders was saying when you lift weights you actually create tiny tears in your muscle fiber known as micro tears um and you, so you're actually damaging your muscle while you're working out and you rebuild these tiny tears in your muscle fiber, uh, by, uh, having proper rest. And when your body repairs those tiny muscle tears in your fibers, in your muscle fibers, uh, it creates a muscle that is bigger and stronger than it was before, but it's only going to do that if you get adequate rest. So, uh, with your workouts, you really want to achieve an optimal amount of uh, these micro tearing, uh, the, these micro tears in your muscle, and then you want to achieve an optimal amount of rest after. So, obviously, when we're talking about rest, uh, sleep plays a huge role. So, we both have uh, 
obviously recognize that our workouts really suffer when we don't sleep well. Um, but also your body doesn't have time to fully, uh, repair these micro tears in your muscle, uh, if you don't have adequate rest. So sleep is hugely important and, um, and it's, it affects more than just your workouts, obviously, but, um, if you're not sleeping well, you're, you're going to have a terrible day and that, that also affects your workouts. So like I just said, um, our workouts really suffer when we don't sleep well. Yeah. Like, and we have very busy schedules, but that is one thing that we do our very best to stay on top of, to make sure that we get that. Uh, I don't know. We range from like six and a half to eight hours of sleep per night. And that's, we try to get in the, into that every single night just so we can, make sure that we're ready for the next day. (laughs) Yeah. And everyone, everyone I know does better on, uh, eight hours of sleep than they do six hours of sleep. There are a few that are just abnormal that can. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I used to be able to do like six hours of sleep in college and I felt fine, but you're getting old now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird, but I can't do that. So, so easily anymore, even though I'm just 26, but, um, Anyways, so yeah, sleep is super important. It's going to affect your workout quality. If you don't get enough sleep, you're going to go to the gym, you're going to feel tired, and you're not going to have the energy, endurance, and mental fortitude that it takes to crush the weights, uh, hit the gym as hard as possible, and give your body the best chance it has to build muscle and strength. Could, could you imagine having less sleep? And then doing the compound exercise at the end of your workout. Oh, that's double whammy. Yeah, that would mess no you up. Bueno. No bueno. <laughs> so, um, so as I like to say, your day starts the night before. So if you're going to work at uh, 8 or 9 a.m. And then you, have to, you're, you decide to go to the gym before that. Um, and then maybe you have kids, you need to take them to school or at least get them ready for school and get them onto the bus or something. You have a set morning routine that is best, uh, for you. There are some things you need to do and some things you want to do, maybe like work out. Uh, we would argue that's an, a, a have to have, but for some people, um, it's not, but, uh, you have a set morning routine and all you have to do is say, okay, for this workout, for this um, morning routine, I need to get up at, let's say, 5 a.m. And if you're, going to get, if you're going to get eight hours of sleep, you can say, I need to go to bed by 9 p.m. If I don't go to bed by 9 p.m., I'm not getting my eight hours of sleep. My workouts are going to suffer. I'm not going to bring the energy that's uh, required at my job to maybe get that promotion or um, uh, get the boss's attention. You're, you're not going to close the business deal and stuff. So sleep is important for so many different reasons. Uh, but like we're talking about now, it's extremely important for building muscle and then also for helping you to have the energy, uh, to hit the weights hard. And, and off of what he's saying is to get that adequate amount of sleep, you need a good schedule. And we, we, we touched on this on the last podcast, but just prioritizing uh, your day and fitting everything in is so vital to having a good workout and to increase uh, and get to your fitness goals. So it's just 
everything just works in with its with everything and it's just like one cycle <laughs> so you just need to make sure everything is at the top performance yeah totally um and to get a little bit more scientific uh, when you sleep, your body actually releases high amounts of anabolic hormones, such as testosterone and IGF-1. And your body actually uses these crucial muscle-building hormones to repair and build your muscle during sleep. Uh, furthermore, sleep also diminishes your catabolic hormone levels in your body, uh, such as the stress hormone cortisol, which uh, you're probably very familiar with. Um, and cortisol will... Uh, severely diminish your body's ability to produce muscle. Um, so sleep is important for uh, building muscle, and it's important for uh, having the energy for your day. And it helps you in uh, getting the right hormone levels for that optimal muscle growth. So don't stay up watching TV for three hours. Make sure that you get that sleep in. <laughs> yeah, and don't watch TV at the gym either. <laughs> yes, don't be that guy. <laughs> yeah, actually, just don't watch TV at all. Oh, I, I think we're going to nickname him Clicker. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's got plenty of nicknames. All right, so um, to recap, uh, we've covered our three laws of building vegan muscle. Again, law one of vegan muscle growth states that you must progressively overload your muscles with heavy compound exercises. And that is the squat, deadlift, bench press, and overhead press. Law two of vegan muscle growth states that you must maintain a caloric surplus of 5 to 10% and eat plenty of high-quality vegan protein for muscle protein synthesis to occur. So do a lean bulk, not a dirty bulk, and then shoot for 0.9 grams of protein per pound of body weight for your protein intake. Exactly. And law three of vegan muscle growth states that you must rest enough to allow your body time to repair itself. So again, do not stay up watching TV, get that extra hour of sleep in, wake up and grind, get to the gym, and make those gains. So thank you guys so much for listening to episode three of our podcast. Again, if you haven't left a review, please take two minutes to do that right now. We'd really, really appreciate it. Uh, so thank you guys so much for your support. And until next time, keep challenging the status quo.